360 with Katie Wolfe. Thanks to Joyce Main Darwin, Home Zone, Stuart Highway, Berrimah. We do know, as we spoke to Robin Lamley about just a little while ago, uh, that legislation passed earlier in the week uh, around uh, around youth reoffending and uh, and bail. Joining us on the line to talk a little bit more about this and also police attrition rates, Police Association President Paul McHugh. Good morning to you, Paul. Very good morning, Katie. Paul, um, how were you feeling yesterday uh, after learning that that legislation had obviously passed through Parliament earlier in the week, um, but with that last-minute change around exceptional circumstances? Yeah, look, obviously it sort of got a bit messy in the end, didn't it, really? I mean, obviously, uh, you know, we were supportive of of some changes uh, over the last week or so, and and, and obviously that uh, last-minute change brings in a slightly different light to the picture, and I think... You know, when you now talk about, um, you know, technical, trivial, exceptional circumstances, it really complicates things from our perspective. And I know our members were, uh, from an operational point of view, some of the feedback we've already received is, you know, it is it is now more quite more complex than perhaps what the CLP were proposing, which seemed to be fairly more straightforward. So, um, you, you know, when we talk about um, a technical or a trivial uh, breach. Well, it's either a breach or it's not a breach in our view, but um, obviously with exceptional circumstances being on the table now, um, you know, that, that creates a situation where we could see uh, people released on a regular basis. Yeah. Does it also, I mean, does it make it more difficult then for the police if, you know, like if someone's breaching their bail conditions, what's the process for our police that are on the ground? Yeah, well, that's that's a really uh, interesting question because obviously this is coming pretty quickly. Uh, our members are at the forefront of what what's going to be expected out there, and I know that um, you know, speaking with some senior police executive, they're working pretty quickly to try and get a message to our members in terms of process and procedure and what it might mean. Um, but of course, uh, until it actually takes place, it's difficult to know. And I guess, um, as I said, from an operational point of view. This will be a, a test. Um, obviously, uh, you, you know, if a if a young person is on bail and and, and, and commits a serious breach, uh, you would like to think, even with exceptional circumstances, if they are released again, then fresh bail will obviously be a, a much more stringent than what the original bail was. But, of yeah. course, until that takes place, we don't know. Yeah, it does seem more confusing, particularly, like you mm-hmm. said, you know, if you're an officer that's on the ground uh, trying to actually work out you know, work it all out. Yeah, and, and look, uh, it's 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 in either today or tomorrow, and 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 you know we've got you know fourteen, fifteen hundred police out there that are sitting there, um, you know, waiting to see what this is going to mean, and, and and really see some messaging around uh, how that's uh, they're expected to to obviously operate in this environment. I mean, it's it's a bit of a minefield, of course, and when it comes through so quickly, um, uh, which obviously you know people wanted to see change quickly, but. When it comes in with with a, a late change, as we've seen, then, mm. then it makes it even more difficult. So will they, like, do you anticipate that there'll be a directive from the commissioner or from one of the deputy commissioners into how they have to actually implement it? Yeah, look, I've spoken with um, with uh, an uh, acting assistant commissioner, Worst, and, yep. and he's assured me there will be uh, some, obviously, some information provided uh, quickly, I know they've been working on it tirelessly over over the last couple of days, and you know that information is expected. I would think to go out today at the very latest, and you know our members um, are very keen to see what that looks like because um, you know they certainly don't have time to go around and, and provide that in person, and it'll be no doubt through the email system and, and so forth. And we expect to see that today. So, um, do you feel as though it's going to be a, a fairly smooth process, or is it going to be a bit of a you know a bit of a speed bump along the way 
Yeah, look, I'm, I mean, what I hope is obviously it's, it's, it's going to take time to, to really get your head around some of these changes and, and, and how they've come about and, and obviously operationally from a, you know, what happens once once people are at court? Well, that's a different thing. That's up to the courts. But mm. obviously from a police perspective uh, and those working on the ground, it's, um, it, it, it probably will be challenging in those initial, uh, you know, days and weeks. Now, um, do you, I mean, from what police are telling you, do you feel as though these changes are going to have a positive impact for the community? Uh, look, obviously, uh, initially, yes. Um, exceptional circumstances now being introduced uh, to allow, um, you, you know, it's expected, and the feedback we've received, it's expected that, you know, legal representatives will use that on a pretty regular basis, if not all the time, um, to uh, to argue why that person should be released. And um, so that will obviously, that that's probably the major concern we've received to date in terms of that last-minute change. Yeah, righto. Well, um, I do want to also ask you about the situation with our uh, police officers uh, leaving. We know that 22 in the last month, the leader of the opposition, Leah Finocchiaro, has today uh, said that the Northern Territory Police Force attrition rate has hit crisis point and an urgent investigation by an independent parliamentary committee must be launched to work out why so many officers are leaving and what can be done to improve retention rates. Paul, is this something that the Police Association would support? Yeah, look, obviously it's always a concern when we we see the numbers leaving that we have. And, you know, there have been some, I guess, some scenarios put in place where interstate police forces, for example, are recruiting at rank. And what that means is, uh, you know, officers from here can retain their rank or their equivalent rank in another jurisdiction without having to start all over again. And that uh, always creates a rush. We've seen the AFP issue another advertisement uh, to to, uh, to get some more members over there at rank. So uh, that will create a void. Um, it, there, there's been a whole range of reasons, I'm sure, why people have left. Uh, but the rates that are, they are leaving, of course, is a concern to us, and it has been for some time. Uh, you know, it's been several months now I've been hearing hearing people uh, looking at terms of uh, of alternate employment and that's a concern uh, and uh, that that is no no doubt why the commissioner has been very active in terms of recruitment and we see that at the moment yeah we did ask the police minister Nicole Madison about this earlier in the week take a listen to what she had to say well right now there is a highly competitive recruitment program across Australia for different police forces and sometimes it's not just uh, constables that you'll see in some of those numbers it will be auxiliaries, Aboriginal community police officers as well so it's important to recognise it's not all fully sworn officers but what I will say is that the environment for recruitment across this nation has never been more competitive. Would you agree with that sentiment? Is that the you know is that the main reason at this point in time why we are losing such a, a high volume of officers? Yeah, look, it's, I guess it's one of the reasons. I mean, it's difficult to pinpoint exactly why, but I mean, we've been fairly active in trying to you know contact as many of those people leaving as we can to to ascertain the reasons why. And often it is a you know a, they want to go home to family. It might be an opportunity in another police force or another uh, government department elsewhere. And sometimes, as with any any role, people are unhappy and they just want to move on. And that's certainly been the case uh, for some of the ones we've contacted as well. So I guess without an in-depth, um, I guess, scope to, to have a look at what... Uh, what the reasons are behind the numbers leaving, it's difficult to, to really pinpoint the exact reason. So you do reckon that having that more in-depth scope, having a bit more of a look into it is probably a good thing? 
Well, I think it's worthwhile in terms of, you know, there may be reasons uh, why people are leaving that, you know, we can sit there and say, well, do we need to let them leave? Is there opportunities we can say to them, is there something we can do to keep you? Mm. Uh, it costs a lot of money to recruit and train uh, a person to become a police officer. And, and so whilst it's great to see so many going through the college, if there are ways we can actually keep people without them resigning, um, then, then that should be explored as well and maybe that process will take place. Are we doing the same thing, like where people can move from interstate at their current, like at their rank that they are currently at interstate uh, across to the Territory to the same rank? Yeah, we've previously had a, a program which is called the Accelerated Recruit Program and that involves a 10-week training program of experienced officers from other jurisdictions and they they actually graduate as a first-class constable recognising some of their prior experience. But that hasn't taken place for quite some time. I know uh, the government and the, and the commissioner are keen to recruit locally and have recruits from day one, um, but that option in terms of Accelerated Recruits uh, still exists today. Just very quickly, Paul, uh, we are running out of time, but... We know that our school-based police, it is something that you and I have spoken about on so many occasions. We are starting to see a list of schools which will have those school-based constables back in place. What are you being advised at this point? Yeah, obviously, it's some ongoing uh, discussions around this. I, I mean, I remain really disappointed that, um, you know, whilst we're in a consultation phase and in a, a process which affects some constables in this position, um, that the government have continued to talk about this publicly. Um, it, it is quite disrespectful in our view, and um, we uh, we are in a consultation phase. We know the schools are keen to keep constables, and we know the commissioner and the government are keen to put some auxiliaries as part of that model. So whilst that process is underway, um, it, it remains disappointing that it's in the public domain, but now it is. Um, we'll continue to have those discussions with the, with the uh, department to see if we can get a resolution as soon as possible. All right. Paul McHugh, a Police Association president. We are going to have to leave it there. Always good to catch up. Thanks for your time this morning. Good on you, Katie. Cheers. Thank you. You're listening to Mix 104.9.